You are listening to The Game Plan on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Here's your host, JT The Brick. And this next guest is one of the hardest working athletes ever to come out of Vegas, the College Football Hall of Famer, and the legend from the Raiders, Super Bowl 18 winner, Frank Hawkins. Frank, good to talk to you. I hope you're well. Hey, man, how you doing? Good. You got to be doing well. You're Mr. Vegas. The economy's coming back. Your business is flourishing. People are getting the vaccine. Give me something positive about what you've seen in Vegas here last couple of weeks. Well, thank God. It's been the last couple of weeks is hopefully going to be indicative of what we see going forward. You know, plant, I'm Planet 13. Lord have mercy. You could say we almost had an explosion, but the COVID has hurt everyone. But Las Vegas, uh, the governor opened up to, what, 50 percent a week mm-hmm. or so ago. And, you know, as we uh, continue to get better and we see more people get vaccinated and more people come back to Vegas and uh, to party and gamble and eat and experience all the great things that uh, – that Las Vegas has to offer with new one new addition, and that's uh, being able to get into the uh, silver and black stadium. Yeah, Frank, I knew you were going to be there for every game, not only as a season ticket holder, but a great alumni and once a Raider, always a Raider. That hurt uh, not being able to go there week after week, but now this year we get an extra home game. So there'll be nine regular season games and hopefully full capacity and that's kind of, I would assume, Frank, that's going to be your home away from home, right? Well, that's right. You know, I, I had a box in uh, Oakland for about mm-hmm. five or six years. So I don't have my box yet. You know, the price changed. So I'm waiting <laughs> on my free ticket that I get <laughs> until that. I can afford to buy a box. That's for sure. Well, you'll be there a lot. Hey, Frank, I want to, for our audience that knows you in Vegas, but everyone around the country, around the world who listened to us online at the Raiders site, it was early in your life, Pop Warner to Western High School, and then the run that you had in college, the amazing run that you had in college at Nevada. Early on, you must have known you were a football player. Who gave you that encouragement? Who told you you had such a great skill set early? Well, you know, we used to play football in the streets, and my mother took me and about five of my friends uh, up to and introduced us to Pop Warner football. And so, you know, they said, what positions you guys all want to play? And I wanted to play running back, so I played running back and defensive back. But I loved the, the game. I loved the contact. Uh, from the time I was 12 years old, sitting there, uh, first time playing tackle football. You know, we played flag football all the time uh, at the park or, you know, in the street. But uh, the the opportunity to be in a a team sport uh, organized through Pop Warner, and, you know, it's amazing because it comes full circle. One of my business partners, Andre Rhodes, who played mm-hmm. football at Nevada and is a Las Vegas guy, is now running Pop Warner. So it, Nevada guys giving back to, you know, Pop Warner that gave so much to so many kids and continuing to do it. Frank Hawkins joins us. And, Frank, you were a strong, strong football player. What did you attribute that to? Was it your genetics, the weight room, the training, because you were really physical as a blocker, special teams, a complete package, and hard to bring down. How did that happen? So I, I took great pride in knocking people out. Uh, every every week when uh, we would, Coach Flores would bring the whole team together to watch the special teams. Uh, so I wasn't at that time when I first got to the Raiders. Uh, Mark Van Egan was there. 
So, you know, I was playing behind Mark Van Heeken, who then got hurt. Uh, so I was playing more. But on special teams, that's really where I think I made my name by at least once a game, I'd knock out one of the either kick return guys or kickoff guys. And uh, But going back to high school, uh, I met a guy named Buford Cox. We used to mm-hmm. call him a man amongst men. The guy was six foot four, 300 and something pounds. And he said, I don't drink, smoke, or gamble. And that's not bad, three out of five. But he was the guy that uh, really taught us how to lift weights. And by the time I went to college as a freshman, I went from 170-something to 190. And just that that will to win and to be the best that you can be, uh, you know, ultimately as you grow, you learn to explode into people when you know you're going to have a collision. But uh, then my first experience with the Raiders, I got released. So I had a chip on my shoulder for the next seven years. So every play, I wanted to decapitate somebody because I wanted them to, well, I looked at them as though they were responsible for Al Davis making a mistake and letting me go the first time. Frank Hawkins joins us, someone I highly respect, someone I highly respect within the organization. I told him I was having you on today. This was the text I got back. Frank was a character, very tough player, could really block a team leader, well-respected by everyone, coaches and players, might have been the strongest guy on the team, great on special teams, a vocal teammate, really enjoyed having him on the team. So that's what I wanted to talk and wrap up our interview with is that when I watched the 30 for 30 on Al Davis and Pete Rozelle, I saw you in the locker room and you were a guy, if you saw a reporter, if you saw someone, you were vocal. Where did you get that voice from? It sounds like that chip you had on your shoulder. And then you played with so many legendary teammates. Yeah. Yes. You're so, so right. And so true. You know, Al Davis was born on the second, I think, or first. I was born on the third. But uh, I just think being a leader, I I remember growing up and my mother would always say to me, it's not enough to be a great athlete. It's not enough to be a great uh, student. You got to be great at everything you do if you really want, if you're sincere. So you want to be a good football player. You got to be a good teammate. You got to be a good husband. You got to be a good student. So as I progressed through life and and uh, was fortunate enough to get to know, you know, the Raiders and play with so many great all pros, everybody there wanted to help somebody else. Everybody was looking out for the other guy or the guy that came before him or the player mm-hmm. who might come after him. Even though that guy might take their position, that's the kind of guys that I played with. And, you know, how with his mystique, and the will to win, and, and his force. I mean, you wanted to win every game, not just for him, but for yourself and for your teammates and your family. But the, be- the best thing, i got to tell you this quick story, and mm-hmm. to, 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 to signify what you're saying, the, the day we played the Super Bowl, the sun started to set. And when we walked out there to, to catch punts and, you know, stretch, the special team guys would go out early. Every hair on the back of my neck, stood straight out and the same feeling I got after we won when we went back to get our Super Bowl rings and they showed the video and uh, Musburger and um, the other guy Billy uh, Jimmy the Greek 
Now, how did I remember that? But anyway, I did. <laughs> so they said nothing. They said it's amazing. The darker it gets, the better they play. Nothing that moved, rolled, could beat the Raiders on Black Sunday. Man, that gives me chills thinking about that. But that's that's what my seven years was the best seven years in my athletic life and being a part of the Raiders. And, you know, we still have guys. There's about 30 or 40 guys on emails in Texas that go back and forth, if not every day, at least every other day, still checking on each other, still seeing how we're doing. Even guys that are saying, Happy Easter, and another guy will email back, and you got to say Passover. It's not Easter. But but that's the kind of family the Raider family yeah. is. Frank Hawkins, last one. Who's the greatest teammate you ever played with? Oh, my God. Okay, I'm going to give them to you, not necessarily in order. It might be, it's got to be more than one because I was impacted by so many great people. Gene Upshaw, Art Shell, Dave Dalby, Jim Plunkett, Cedric Hardman, Raymond Chester, my hero. Eric Ramsey, uh, Matt Millen, uh, 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 John Matuzak, Ted Hendricks, my hero, uh, Lester Hayes, uh, uh, Mike Haynes, wow. Kenny King, Marcus Allen, Greg Pruitt. I mean, the list just goes on and on with so many impact players. And you know what? When they came together, it wasn't about them. It was about how do we win? We want to be the best. And I can say what most people who played in the NFL can't ever say. In 1983, 1983 season, we were the best in the world. And I'll take that with me even when I'm gone. Wow. Amazing. I knew it would be. Good to talk to you, Frank. I hope to see you soon. Keep it going in Vegas. You're the best. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you for calling. Touchdown, Las Vegas. Since starting Allegiant some 20 years ago, we've flown more than 100 million people to be with those they love. We're pilots, flight attendants, and technicians. But we're also parents, spouses, and neighbors. And just like you, we're excited to reconnect with the people and places that matter most. That's why we're going the distance for health and safety, on the ground and in the air. Because the further we go now, the safer it'll be to go farther tomorrow. Allegiant, the official airline of the Las Vegas Raiders. Low fares, nonstop flights, only at Allegiant.com. Once a Raider, always a Raider. Pat Toomey joins us, a Super Bowl champion, an author. What an unbelievable career. Pat, thanks so much for doing this. I hope you're well. No, no great. Uh, JT, happy to hear from you. There's a little story. Uh, mm. My son, John, and his daughter, Taylor, from Dallas, they grew up and born and raised in Dallas, where I played early in my career. They were on a Western swing recently, and they went to Allegiant. And they saw the bricks. Wow. <laughs> they, 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 nobody knew. I didn't know what, what you guys were doing out there at the stadium. And then uh, John, when he got home, started telling me what was going on. He, took a, he had somebody shoot a picture of he and his, his daughter in front of the Raider Image store. And, of course, although he's grown up in Dallas, where the Cowboys are, I played there mm-hmm. for many years. But he he has the Raider spirit. (laughs) I love it. I love it. The bricks are a big, big part of the legacy of Al Davis, Mark Davis, Mrs. Davis. And we'll wrap it up with that a little bit later on. Pat, I wanted to talk about your early years because, you know, being the son of a military man, it seemed like you were moving around a bit. And then you got to Alexandria, Virginia, football, basketball, baseball, high school All-American honors as a running quarterback. 
before you came <laughs> no. to a famous defensive end. Talk about your early years and your passion for sports as a kid. Well, we just did, you know, played all sports growing up. And uh, when it came, I played three sports in high school. And um, when it came time to go to college, I, I thought that uh, I, I took a, I got a split scholarship to Vanderbilt University in, in the SEC in Nashville. I could play uh, basketball and football my freshman year. Then I had to choose. And, you know, in, in basketball, I was six five and uh, mm-hmm. a, a a pivot man, but I didn't, I couldn't shoot from out. And if you could, and so I looked, I looked and I thought, well, I could, I have a future perhaps if I chose, if I choose football. And I started out as a linebacker. I had been a a running quarterback in high school, but I gained weight and I played uh, the three, three varsity years in college at about, 215 as a linebacker and then uh cowboy scouts came through and said you know can you gain some weight because we think you're a down lineman and so i had to gain you know 20 pounds up to about Mm -hmm. 250 and then uh then i was a middle round pick by the cowboys uh they didn't you know if if you're if you're questionable if you can you gain the weight can you do this and i could run i could turn a 40 you know in less than four eight four nine Mm -hmm. and so they liked that so they took a chance and i made the team and uh we went to the super bowl that first year in 70 70 would be the 71 super bowl we lost to baltimore and then we went the next year uh and beat miami and new orleans and then I played five years there, and um, and then I was I was they drafted a couple linemen very high. Ed Tutal Jones, I don't know if yes. anybody remembers. Big Ed was six feet nine, and I had been a, a I'd led the team in sacks the year before, and then suddenly when they got the new guys in, the defenses were very complicated, and so they just let them rush the passer. So then I became a run specialist. <laughs> And uh, the cowboy defense was very complicated. And um, the better you did your job, the fewer plays you would play. You know, <laughs> we had to manufacture. A, a, we said, well, we started evaluating ourselves, the players, Larry Cole and myself, and Blaine. And I, we pay per play. So if we pay, if we played only one, if we played the first down and stopped them, then the other guys would come in and. We mm-hmm. we make a lot of money, you know. Yeah. <laughs> per play, uh, I, I left. I played on my option then. I didn't like the situation. I played on my option, signed with Buffalo, the season after O.J. Simpson's two thousand years, two thousand uh, yard season. Mm-hmm. And then I'd written a book, uh, which was then published while I was up there, and it got me in trouble. And this put me into the Raider orbit. <laughs> you know, I was. Uh, <laughs> going against the grain a little bit. So I got put on the expansion list down to Tampa. And uh, this was their first season. Wow, the first yeah. year. Hold on, Pat. Pat Dumais, our guest. So you go from playing in two Super Bowls, winning one for the Cowboys, being a published author, you get sent to Tampa Bay in that expansion right. season. They've run, They've done uh, – NFL Films has documentaries on that. Whoa. People were trying to escape from the hotels and run from practice. What was that like? It was, it was insane. Uh, uh, 
Don McKay, the great USC coach, had taken the job there, and he had made the mistake of uh, saying before he got there that he could coach the NFL from his armchair. And so that roused the ire of the establishment league, and we we couldn't get a break. We were 0-14. We had injuries. We probably had 30 guys on injured reserve by the end of the year. It was such a, you know, you usually play good defenses on the field, uh, 30 game, plays a game. We were out there 90 because we couldn't quite stop anybody. But saving grace for me was that uh, Ron Wolf, who had been the player personnel director in Oakland, had taken the general manager's job there. And uh, another player from the Raiders uh, was their tight end, Bobby Moore, who'd gone to Stanford, mm-hmm. sure. who's an East, East Bay guy. And so uh, Wolf, he traded me to Oakland. And uh, then he got fired and ended up back in Oakland the next year as back to being personnel director. And for me, it was like dying and going to football heaven. You know, uh, there was John Madden. Uh, there was just nobody like him. Uh, you, there was a real hierarchy. Right. Uh, you come in and, in Oakland and uh, Madden might be sitting in your locker talking about, you know, the game or this or that or what's, who's doing what. You know, he actually develop relationships with the players and uh it was so eye-opening uh for me yeah let me jump in pat let let me jump in pat because we're short on time pat tume is our guest and i want to get quickly and keep rolling with the raiders so you go from tampa bay to the raiders right after the raiders win the super bowl you played three right. seasons with the Raiders with the ultimate Mavericks. You mentioned John Madden. Did that help you with your mindset on building and uh, writing the novel on any given Sunday? It did a bit, yeah. Uh, but it was what happened, the, the sort of collection of guys there and the way Madden treated them. Uh, I'd never seen anything like it. And and it was just a joy to be there. And, I, and the, mm-hmm. when I got there, he, he they they had a four three they would rush i led the afc in sacks yeah with the with the defense he had and the, and the guys uh and uh, stabler pete banizak freddie belednikoff i mean there was nothing like it <laughs> you know there was nothing like it you were known anywhere. as third down pat third down <laughs> pat and with those sacks that year that's incredible we're wrapping it up with pat Tume. pat i gotta ask you about being an author. That's what really jumped out at me in our conversation because I'm watching the documentary right now on PBS, Hemingway, and it's incredible. Uh, I am and too. <laughs> so you're watching it too. It's, it's one of the best, Ken Burns, one of the best documentaries I've ever seen, and I'm only, we're only two episodes in. What was it like right. for you to craft the novel on any given Sunday after the crunch and go into a room and write all day, especially as an ex-football player who won at the highest level. What was that process like? Well, it was exactly that. And my wife at the time <laughs> wasn't it wasn't happy with it, but it was something you feel compelled to do, and you there's a momentum to it. And uh, get, then getting published is something else entirely. But it was just it was something I felt to do, and I'm involved with writing and writers to this day. Uh, David mm-hmm. Marinus, who's a great Yes, uh, he's written a lot of stuff. Playwright David Rabe, I've worked with them over the years, and so it's it's fun and liberating, really. It's an incredible life, Pat. I mean, I got to do a deep dive with you on a podcast and really go behind the scenes of everything you've accomplished in your life, your family, 
as a father, a grandfather, as an author, and playing. And, and what, as we wrap this up, you played for some of the greatest people in the history of the NFL, from Gil Brandt, Gil Brandt, who's a Hall of Famer in the draft, to Tom Landry, as you right. mentioned, Coach McKay, the Buffalo right. years, O.J. Simpson, and then Al Davis. Al Davis, <laughs> I mean, let's wrap it up with Al Davis and the impact Al Davis had on your life. Well, it was incredible. He, You know, that I think they recognized in some of what I was doing the Raider spirit, you know, and uh, he he – he just made room for people. He, they weren't judging. They weren't getting rid of guys. We had a lot of guys who couldn't play for anybody else, and and then they would they would solidify there. It was just it was just a, a wonderful experience. And you know, I, I can't say enough about John Matt. And lastly, in the movie, any given Sunday, what was your role in regards to the <laughs> script or what happened with the book? I, I want to tie that up together. What happened? Because I love that movie. Well, the. Well, it's very. It's the whole thing is very funny, and I've I've written a, a piece about it. It's it's complicated. Uh, I was in the film, but mm-hmm. it, it was it was a very interesting thing. And if you're going to do a podcast, I'll send you this. I'll send you the piece I wrote about that experience, which is not what one expects at all. <laughs> yeah, I went into best American sports writing. Dick Shap picked it for that volume because it was so unusual. What the were the meetings thing, like? Right? What, what were the meetings like with Oliver Stone in the movie? Because the cast well, was, it was incredible. It was it was it was contrav- it was the it was funny because he had guys he put you know Y A Tittle was in the film. He'd get mm-hmm. these old greats, but then we found that what he was doing, what Stone was doing, had was going against our experience as players, and so there's. And Jim Brown was in the film, too. Right. So we would talk, and then Brown would have to educate us on what was going on and what he was trying to do, which wasn't at all what we, uh, what, the, what the game that we experienced was like. And so there was all this stuff going back and forth. It was very uh, funny and interesting. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's a complicated subject for yeah. a different yeah, we'll venue, do it. We'll do it somewhere else down the road. Hey, uh, pleasure talking to you. I look forward to doing something with you in the future here and getting you out to Vegas. And Pat, your role with the Raiders in the NFL—it's one of the great stories. And I'm happy you shared a portion of it with us. And hope to see you out here soon for a game this year. Well, I'd I'd like to as soon as this. I'm not interested in experiencing a ventilator. So as soon as the COVID gets put aside, I'll be there. I get my second vaccine tomorrow. You got it. Thank you. Thank you, Pat. God bless. Thanks for doing this. Thank you, JT. Thank you for listening to The Game Plan on the official Raiders Podcast Network.